0: Hi everyone, it's Charmaine Walters here, Night Nanny, sleep coach, the blogger behind Sandysleeping.co.uk and self-proclaimed rebel mother. (laughs) Mother with a M-U-T-H-A. So on today's podcast, I just wanted to talk about and share the story of how I got my daughter sleeping through the night by eight weeks. Now, I warn you, some of the things that I did to help her become such a great sleeper were things that are considered unsafe at the time and even now and my actual intention was not actually to get her to sleep through the night as soon as possible I chose to do the things that I did in order to help her to become a good sleeper for the sake of my own sanity reason being is because I'd been a night nanny for about two or three years before I became a mother myself and I'd seen many of the mothers that I had the pleasure and the the privilege to work with really stressed themselves out over trying to get their little ones to sleep through the night as soon as possible. They were sticking to routines and worrying about breastfeeding supply and all sorts of other stuff. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to have a hard enough time as it is because I was a single mother and I knew the father of my child was not going to be around 24-7. And so I just decided to do what intuitively instinctively worked well for me. And I'm fortunate and lucky enough that she was actually a great sleeper. I think it was, for me, a mixture of nurture because obviously I knew how to create an amazing little sleeper but I also think the fact that my daughter was an angel baby by definition and personality type really did help so one of the first things that I did when I came home with her is that I decided to breastfeed now Initially when I was pregnant, I'd actually decided while I was pregnant that I wasn't gonna breastfeed. I was adamant that I was going to be bottle feeding my baby. And I am ashamed to say that the reason why at the time I decided I didn't wanna breastfeed was just for the sake of sanity. I remember a really good friend of mine who'd breastfed her baby for eight or nine months. She was quite a buxom woman before she had her baby. And after nine months, eight, nine months of breastfeeding, her boobs were like puppy flaps. (laughs) they were like puppy ears and i just remember thinking oh my god not me i was 23 years old at the time that i had my daughter and so i wasn't thinking about her best interests at the time i was purely thinking of my own vanity and and my own looks i'm actually really pleased to say that the moment that i gave birth to her i instinctively and intuitively just put her straight to the breast i didn't even give it a second thought and i surprised even myself i just literally did what felt natural and i'm so glad that i went with that I will say, my first night in hospital with her, I got zero sleep. (laughs) She slept all day in the hospital when she was born. She was born at 12.36. And she slept all day from that moment on. But I remember waking up with her at about 11, 12 o'clock at night and her being awake... Or well not necessarily wait but her being on the boob for the entire first night of her first day of first night should I say of her life and I remember laying in hospital thinking oh my god is is this what I'm going to be doing for the next how many weeks with her fortunately that wasn't the case now I will say when I got home with her for the first time I remember coming home my mum picking me up bringing me home the next day and thinking, shit, what do I do with this baby? And I think my mum saw the bewilderment on my face and basically said, you know what, go and have a sleep, leave her with me, and when you wake up, you'll know what to do. And if I'm honest, I did manage to get like an hour of sleep, but I think the excitement and the, you know excessive hormones flying around my body meant that I didn't get the best sleep. And I'll be honest with you, when I woke up, I didn't know exactly what to do. I remember going into the kitchen and thinking, right, I'm going to sterilise bottles and sterilise the breast pump and see what happens. But I do remember thinking I'm not going to tie myself up with a daily routine. What I am going to do and what I did do from that moment on is just to feed on demand. And I decided that I was going to start the day every day at the same time at 7am and end the day with her with um, a bath and some sort of bedtime routine and I'm so fortunate and lucky that in doing that we actually slipped into a natural rhythm and routine anyway and she ended up sleeping through the night pretty much from about eight weeks on. Um, She was a pretty good sleeper up until that point and I think the reason being is because I made sure that we had some sort of daily routine. So like I said, I would start every morning at 7am with a breastfeed and what I would do is just follow her lead throughout the day. As I said, even though I did make up my mind that I wasn't going to breastfeed, I did breastfeed initially but I made the choice of offering her formula top-ups just because I know that when you're waiting for your supply to come in, it's really hard to gauge what they're eating. And like I said, I didn't wanna stress myself out with worry over how much she's eating or whether or not she was getting enough. So perhaps maybe any lactation consultants or anybody who's listening in and thinks that's bad advice, but I just did what worked for me. So as a mom, if you're worried at all or concerned about your breast supply, then by all means, you know, seek out the advice of a a IBCLC, which is, I think is an international board certified lactation consultant, if I'm correct. But yeah, get the help and the advice that you need if you do decide that breastfeeding is all you want to do and you don't want to top up with formula. But like I said, for me, I didn't want to stress myself out with worrying about amounts of food. So I just thought, you know what, I will top up with formula if that's what is helpful. And I'm, I, from what I recall, I did for the first couple of days I did top her up like with two or three ounces I don't even think she even drank two or three ounces after a breastfeed to be honest but um she's 16 now so my memories of exactly what happened in terms of the amounts of formula she had is pretty vague but I do remember vividly that every evening at seven o'clock I would we would have a bath together I'd bathe her I would massage her using, um, at the time, baby oil gel from Johnson's was all the rage. So I was using baby oil gel to um, moisturise her skin after a bath. And I would literally just moisturise her skin just using slow, deliberate strokes. I wasn't using any specific baby massage techniques. And to be honest, when she was newborn, she wasn't that keen on being moisturised. But I made it a part and parcel of her bedtime routine because one, her skin was very dry and I wanted to keep it moist. And two, I knew that if I incorporated massage from early on, the more that I did it, the more relaxed she'd become. And again, it was all about creating a a predictable sequence of events for her in the run up to bedtime. Um, I would do bath time. I would do the massage and then I would breastfeed. Now, from what I recall, for the first two or three weeks, even though I was doing bath time at seven o'clock, she wasn't actually settling to sleep until... Nine ten in the evening, I do recall her feeding, um, grazing, if you like, on and off for a good few hours in the evenings. And I would only be able to settle her to sleep around about 10 o'clock in the evening. What I would do was I would settle her into her her Moses basket and keep her beside me in my bedroom. And then overnight when she woke, she was actually a really good sleeper. I would... Be quite lazy by some standards, but I would literally get her out of the Moses basket, bring her into bed with me. I remember having a V-neck pillow, like a V-shaped pillow, and propping up my head on that. Having her laying next to me, not with her head on the pillow, but with her head adjacent to my boob. And I would breastfeed her lying down, and many a night, I would fall asleep breastfeeding and wake up at 6, 6.30 with her still on the boob. Whether or not she was always feeding the whole time, I don't think she was. I think she was just enjoying the fact that she had close proximity to me and close proximity to her milk supply. Her nutritional needs were being met and I was getting the sleep that I needed and I, I'm, I really enjoyed those moments and I remember them vividly because I just remember thinking this is really naughty all of the baby sleep experts would be telling me I should not be doing it But in hindsight, it was co-sleeping. And I was just doing what came naturally to me. I come from a West Indian family where, you know, babies are with us 24-7. We didn't really leave them to cry. We didn't really even really believe in routine as such. But as I said, because I was a night nanny and I came from the background of having routine, I felt like some routine was important. I wasn't going to make myself stick to a rigid daily routine. But I knew and understood, that having routine in place was helpful to encourage good sleep habits so in my mind I was like we're not going to do a strict Gina Ford routine but we are going to have some routine in place even if it's just the bedtime routine and I'm really pleased to say that that worked really well for us. Um, I did find that after a few weeks of doing the seven o'clock morning start regardless of what time she woke up that was the time that we started our day and having bath time at 7 p.m i do i I do think that having that 7 a.m and 7 p.m sort of evening cut off was really useful in showing my daughter that 7am was morning and everything that happened after that was daytime and that 7pm was the evening time and that was kicked off with a bath and I feel like in teaching her that from pretty much day one from when we came home from hospital was a great way of indicating to her that it was, you know, the evening. Now, I know circadian rhythms and that don't kick in until a baby was six weeks old. But as I say, I stand by the fact that by doing that 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. routine every day, she quickly understood this is what happens in the evening. Whether or not she understood it was evening or not, probably not but again it was a great way for me to help her wind down for the evening and as I said for the first five or six weeks she didn't actually go to bed to sleep solidly you know for a good stretch until 9 and 10 p.m but what I did find that as the more I did my 7 p.m bath time the time between bath time and her actually going to sleep in her Moses basket slowly crept earlier and earlier until she was about nine weeks and she was regularly going to sleep about 8 or eight thirty. so if you're um, a mum of a newborn and you're finding that even though you're doing bath time at 7 p.m your baby's not set- settling until later that's totally fine it's to me it's completely normal and for all the mums that I've worked with who were breastfeeding and doing the similar thing they I found that they were all doing the same thing as well I would arrive at 9 p.m to find baby sort of grazing and nursing any time up until 9 10 p.m and then I'd take baby away from mum so that mum could have some time with daddy or to herself and that's when I'd be able to settle them to sleep and get a good stretch of sleep out of them. Another thing that I did when I was um, at home with my own daughter is I felt it was really important to teach her how to settle off to sleep without being in my arms. Um, I did this every single night and even though she never stayed asleep (laughs) for very long as I said I would give her a bath at 7 p.m um, we do the um, bath massage and feed, and she would fall asleep in my arms after a feed. So I got into the habit of putting her down after that feed because she was sleepy, but I knew she wasn't gonna settle to sleep for a long stretch. I still wanted her to get used to being in her Moses basket and not falling asleep in my arms all the time. So I made a habit of putting her in her Moses basket awake. Sometimes she'd be awake, sometimes she'd be asleep. And I actually recall my mum saying to me that what I was doing was cruel. My mum would say to me, just rock her to sleep. You know, that's cruel that you're making her lay down in her cot by herself. And to be fair, I can understand where my mum was coming from, but I stand by the fact that I ignored her and I said to her, I'm teaching her how to self-settle and I'm teaching her that there's nothing to be afraid of when she's in her cot by herself, when she's in her Moses basket by herself. Because even though she was in her Moses basket by herself, she was never left alone. I was always with her. One of the things that I did find with her from quite early on is that if I would lay her down on her back, she wasn't too keen on that. I would wind her and make sure she was winded and I would swaddle her but she would just always be quite restless. She would always settle but I did um, make the mistake one day of allowing my mum to settle her and my mum settled her on her tummy. And I noticed that settling her on her tummy Seemed to work really, really well for her She always slept really well And now I know that goes against everything that SIDS recommends So it's not something that I recommend that you do But I have found uh, there are a few mums who I've worked with Who have actually said to me I know this is against SIDS recommendations and guidelines But my baby just sleeps so much better on their tummy So I am not going to say to you don't do it But what I will say is if you decide that you do do it Know and understand that the increase of sudden infant death syndrome is increased when you allow your baby to sleep on their tummy and for me I went out of my way to ensure that she was safe when I wasn't with her when she was about eight or nine weeks old was it about eight weeks I went and bought one of those angel care I said, well it wasn't angel care at the time I think it was made by BT but it wasn't called angel care but I got one of those mattress sensors monitors where you could put a pad under the mattress that would monitor their breathing so I got that and I would switch it on and I'm telling you this thing was annoying because it was constantly going off it was one of those sensors where if your baby held their breath or didn't breathe for more than 10 seconds an alarm would sound <laughs> It was highly annoying because it was only overly sensitive and would go off at least once every evening. But for me, I needed that extra layer of support, if you like. I needed to know that if I wasn't with her in that moment, if I was sort of downstairs in the kitchen, I needed to know that there was something there that would let me know if there was something wrong. So as I said, I'm not recommending that you settle your baby to sleep on her t- on their tummy, but I know that for some babies, that's just the only way that they are comfortable. The guidelines, according to SIDS, in order to prevent it, is to s- settle your baby on their back to sleep with their feet to the bottom of the cot. So I just want to reiterate that. It is not the safest way to allow your baby to sleep unattended, but that's what I did. And um, from that moment on, when I, my mum initially settled her on her tummy that one particular night, that was the night that she slept right through for the first time. As I said, she was about eight or nine weeks when she did it completely. But from what I recall, and as I say, I'm a little bit sketchy because my daughter is now 16, so it was a long time ago. I remember her stretches of sleep were getting longer and longer. She would always sleep really well from about 10 o'clock. When she'd breastfeed and settle. But then I do recall that she would wake up for one feed in the night. It would usually be around two. And the older she got, that that middle of the night feed got later and later. So it'd be two, it would be three, it would be four. And then I do recall from the night when I was like settling her on her tummy... And felt confident enough to do it. In fact, from what I remember, I think I didn't settle her to sleep overnight on her tummy until I got that mattress sensor pad. So I think at that point I was allowing her to nap on her tummy, but I wasn't allowing her to sleep all night on her tummy until I got that sensor pad because I was just worried about, you know, um, SIDS and safety. So as I said, when I got the Angel Care Sensor Pad, that was the first time that I allowed myself to settle her to sleep for the night ahead on her tummy, and that was the first night that she slept right through the night until I think six thirty. I was so so happy because, like I said, it was never my intention to train her or get her sleeping through the night. For me, it was just about making sure she was comfortable, making sure she was happy to sleep, and that there were no tears, and that she was able to self settle. And for me, self-settling, initially getting her to go to sleep on her own or to fall asleep without being in my arms all the time is not something that I did at every single feed. There were many nights when I would let her fall asleep on the boob and fall asleep in my arms and then I'd put her down. But I did feel like it was important to teach her that she can and could go to sleep without needing mummy to rock her and cuddle her. And like I said, on the first night that I did it... Um, she did fuss a little bit, she did cry a little bit and I did get a little bit of stick from my mum but for me, like I said, it was important to teach her that from quite early on so again, if you're a mum who is worried about creating bad habits by allowing your baby to feed and fall asleep in your arms I think it's great and important for you to do that especially in the early weeks but, you know, on the odd occasion if you want to teach your baby how to fall asleep sort of semi, you know, the, the famous drowsy but awake way You know, I don't think it hurts to allow your baby to nap or snooze next to you by putting them down, drowsy but alert in their Moses basket. And the way I did it is that I put her down. I would never just walk away and leave her. When I was doing it before she was falling asleep on her tummy, I would swaddle her and I would have my hand on her tummy. I'd be stroking her cheek. I would be there with her and I would have some sort of physical contact with her. And I would soothe her and talk to her as well. And I think the more that I did that, the more that she understood she wasn't being left alone. Uh, Mummy was with her. And I think she kind of learned from early on that she could do it. And for me, it's all about um, instilling that confidence in your young baby and showing them that they can do it. I think a lot of mums worry and panic that when they put their babies down and they fuss and they cry, they run and they pick them up straight away for fear or for panic that their babies are going to get upset. And I think sometimes in doing that, we teach our babies that they do have something to be worried about. So I do think it's important that if you are trying to help your baby to learn how to settle and fall asleep by themselves that you don't reflect or mirror their panic you actually show them that they can be calm and that there's nothing to worry about by demonstrating that in your mood in your temperament and by being with them I always say to mums: if you're teaching your babies how to self-settle no matter how old they are it's better to mirror calmness and reassurance and even if they're not in your arms that doesn't mean you have to leave them by themselves you can stroke their face you can hold their hands you can stroke their tummies you can reassure them in other ways without having to leave them leave them by themselves So that's just the brief story of how I got my daughter sleeping through the night by eight weeks it wasn't my intention to get her sleeping through that early I'm just lucky that with a little bit of nurturing from me and the fact that she had a fairly easygoing temperament that's just the way it worked for us that's not to say that she didn't she slept through every single night because there were the odd nights here or there where she would have struggles but again because I would always respond to her fairly quickly I would allow her to sleep in bed with me if it was easiest for me and her I think that's What contributed to the fact that she found nighttime and bedtime so easy? Um, I also found that in having the start of the day be the same every day and the bedtime routine start at the same time every evening, even though she wasn't going straight to bed afterwards, I did find that we kind of fell into a Gina Ford. Type of routine during the day in that she would wake at seven sort of have an early morning nap sort of by sort of eight nine o'clock she would have quite a lengthy midday sleep of an hour maybe even 90 minutes in the middle of the day and then she'd have another nap in the evenings as well so as much as Gina Ford gets a lot of stick for her strict routines, I found that when I was starting my day at the same time every day and finishing my day at the same time every day, she kind of fell into that natural rhythm anyway. So Gina Ford, you do know some of your stuff. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. My name is Charmaine Walters, night nanny, sleep coach and rebel mother. (laughs) I say rebel mother because I am not like every other mum. I don't like strict routine. I am not a massive fan of sleep training either. But I do understand that routine and habit forming is incredible extremely important when you're trying to get your baby to sleep through the night. Thank you so much for listening. If you are listening, please do feel free to go and have a look at my blog at soundlysleeping.co.uk and also join the mailing list so you can get my weekly newsletter where I share tips, tricks and just general reassurance on their journey to motherhood. Being a mother is not easy and so It's very important. I think us as mothers, we give ourselves a break. We allow ourselves to be supported by those around us and we should never really beat ourselves up. Being a mum is hard. Sleep deprivation is difficult. And so that's the aim and the focus of the work that I do to empower you and to support you and to help you to become the type of mother that you want to be without too much sleep deprivation. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you all soon.